say from your heart with all of your soul and all of your mind all I am is yours I desire you God in my life all I am is yours I desire your perfect work in my life all I do a complete work in my life Lord we lay our hearts open before you as a sacrifice upon your our hands are hands of peace today because your hands took the nails our mind is a mind of peace and rest because yours took the crown Lord your side was open that we could be washed and regenerated in the washing of the water of your word oh we desire you do a work in our lives and our homes that things that need to be broken be broken that you may be glorified yes Lord in a vessel of honor and purity unto you yes, we Lord. surrender to your spirit Holy Spirit we thank you that we are honored to be in your presence Holy Spirit that you are in the church to bless and to comfort to heal and to mend Jesus, Jesus we come before you, Spirit of truth and Spirit of grace. But you do your perfect work as we love you. We worship you and we adore you. Open our eyes to see. May the understanding, the wisdom of the Spirit be quickened on the inside of us. May you be seen through us to a world that's hurting and dying and lost. And may you rescue those who are in this place today by an appointment of the Most High God to get a touch from you and never to be the same again. We honor your glorious name, Jesus. You are the Christ. You are Messiah, our Redeemer. We love you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up those, Father Peggy and her son, battling flu. Brother Buddy with the abscess to those that believe in you for miracles in their bodies. We praise that you are the Lord, our healer. We glorify you. We ask you to quicken minds and bodies. We worship you, Lamb of God. We thank you for the covering of the blood of Jesus. We praise you before the host of heaven this morning. In the name of, of who he is and all that he is. We praise your mighty God in Jesus' name. Would you turn to that person next to you and just hug their neck and shake their hand? Just tell them I love you and the love of the Lord. Just bless them. Yes, Lord. We bless I'm you. Yours, Lord. I'm just yours. tell them we bless you. We bless you. I'm Glad you're here today. I'm yours, Lord. Yours. All that we have is yours, oh Lord. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. Hallelujah to you, Jesus. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Glory. Well, we want to welcome you today. So glad you're here. We bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank God for what he's done. We've put out more chairs and made a little bit more room. Got a new guy coming to look at the parking lot. Got 
things going on. So we just bless you and welcome you. Hallelujah. Who's visiting us for the first time? Anybody? Vegas for the first time? Nah, nah you. Anybody? God bless you, buddy. Good to have you. Anybody else back there? God bless you. Good to have you. Good to have all of you back there. Anyone else right here? God bless you. Good to have you. Lord bless you. Anybody else over here? God bless you. God bless you, sis. Hallelujah. So good to have you this morning. Let's give our visitors a welcome. We're glad you're here. Hallelujah. Lord. Okay. There's Shelby. Just got back after two, three months in boot camp. Would you stand up, sweetheart? Been studying to be a trained as a nurse. Going to graduate. Go back next year. We're proud of you. Bless you. Hallelujah. She's got her big National Guard ring on, and we're proud of her. Hallelujah. Now, I, I don't know if the, there was a mother who told me two weeks ago, and she wasn't here last Sunday, that her son just got out of boot camp in the Marines. Are you here? Okay, but, but he got out, and you spent some time with him? Infantry school. Hallelujah. Well, you tell him we're proud of him. We are, and we looked for you last week, but we're proud of you, and we're just glad you had a good time. Uh, with him. Thank God he, he uh, made it through boot camp. Yeah, he's fine. Hallelujah. We're glad you're here. We bless you in the name of Jesus. We have something awesome we want to do today. Would Brother Tyson, would you and your family please come and bring this little sweetheart? Thank God for Addison. Honey, would you help please? And we want to dedicate her to the Lord. Look at that movie star. Her mother's name is Gina, but her grandmother's name is Jeannie Fontenot, so you've, and the grandpa, Roland. So you know it's going to be a little movie star. Hallelujah. Honey, grab this and back up. Y'all just come over here. Oh, that looks. How cute. Y'all just come over here. I want everybody to see y'all. Hey, brother. Isn't she beautiful? Look, she's got her little angel's wings. Can you see that? I want y'all to know it wasn't, it was last month. July 3rd, she was in a, she was in the hospital, went to see an emergency in, in, in the uh, ICU and um, she had quit breathing and um, it was real serious and everything. The enemy wanted to wipe her out, but it's a blessing to be able to dedicate her today with life and not death. Their family stood with them. Brother, Brother Tyson's brother was attacked, but thank God he came through that attack. And, and uh, Brother Tyson, I think he's prophetically, he's brought, you brought about 10 loads of dirt across your street to our other property. I think he's is that thinking we need to go ahead and start building another parking lot across the street. But we thank him for that, and we're just honored to have all. This is uh, your, your family. Good to have you all today. And I know you're proud of this baby, this sweetheart. I want you to raise your hands as we dedicate her right now. Father, we come before you, and Lord, we dedicate Addison. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that her name means created by God. Her mind, her body, her spirit, her will. Thank you, Lord God, she is created by you and for you. Thank you for the lineage that she has to know you and to serve you. Lord, we thank you, Father, for, Lord, a sensitivity and a strong heart to serve you, and Lord, serve others, a servant's heart, created by God to serve others. Thank you, Father, Lord God, that she will, Lord, be an encourager to all that she comes in contact with. And Father, we pray that you anoint this mom and this dad 
and big brother to better invest into her life and impart into her life. Thank you for invest, Lord God, the, the grandfather, the grandmother, the grandfather, the grandmother, and all the aunts and sisters and cousins. We just thank you, Father, for, Lord, all this family just investing into her life and that, Lord, she shall grow knowing she was created for your plan and your purpose, and it's only good. So, Father, we thank you that, Lord, you rescued her from the jaws of death. And we thank you that death has no more hold on her. We thank you for perfect health and a perfect body. Thank you for the blood of Jesus and the angels around her, Lord, and the promise of long life. And, Lord, we just thank you for blessings all the day. Lord, we think that children are a blessing of the Lord, and we thank you that blessing upon the mom and dad and their business and all that they do. And we bless them. We praise you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, God bless you, Dad. Hallelujah. Nice to meet you. So good to have you. God bless you, big brother. Bless you, sweetheart. Beautiful thing. Hallelujah. Bless you, Grandpa. Hallelujah. And Grandma, glory to God. Love you guys. Let's give them another hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, look at you everybody say, I am blessed. I want to read out of Zechariah chapter 9. I want to read something to you. Zechariah chapter 9. That's the Old Testament. On page 2,231. Hallelujah. Oh, it's good to see you. What a good-looking group of people. Hallelujah. How many of you love the Lord? Hallelujah. Well, if you don't, you will win by the time you leave here. Hallelujah. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. I want you to read this. I love this scripture. It says, Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. How many could use a little bit of double in your life? Amen. And you know, a lot, a lot of times we think that this word prisoners of hope means we're the prisoners and we're locked down and we're locked in and there's no getting out. But you know, it's amazing that that word, uh, the Hebrew word for a hope means to tie down, to hold down, to bind in order to keep in one place. Or in other words, it's not we that are prisoners of hope. But we have taken hope and made it the prisoner in our heart. David said, I have taken your word and I have hid it in my heart. A lot of times we think, you know, things have to control us. But there's times where we have to take a hold of this hope and put it in our heart. That no matter, when I feel like I want to quit, when it looks like the prayers and the word that God has given me is not coming to pass, I have hope as a prisoner in my heart that I'm not going to let it go. How many times have I heard parents say, my child was prophesied over when it was he or she was young, and, and I'm holding on to those words. Or in other words, you hid that word in your heart. And no matter what you see, no matter what you've gone through, there's that word of hope hidden within your heart. And the Bible says in Romans 5.5, 5, it says, hope does not disappoint. That word disappoint means that you keep on believing and you will not be disappointed because hope will not only bring double in your life. Listen now, it won't only bring double in your life, it's also going to bring deliverance in your life. 
that he says, I will restore hope, will not make you ashamed, that as you hide in your heart and you hold on to it and you keep believing God no matter what you're seeing, that I'm, I'm, what I'm hoping for, what I'm believing for is going to come to pass. So no matter what I see, no matter what I feel, I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going to hold on to it. It's mine. I'm going to hold on. It means to hold on. It means to get a stronghold, put it around, around its neck and hold on to it and not let it go for nothing in this world. Why? Because hope that is a prisoner in my heart, is going to yield to a double restoration, is going to yield to my deliverance. David says, I've hid it. Hide that word. Hold on to that word. Whatever you're believing God for, whatever circumstances you're facing today, hold on to that hope that things are going to change and that you are not looking at the present condition as your future. But he says in Jeremiah 23, 11, but I have good things planned for you. I have a purpose and a plan. Just hold on to that. You say, I've started this business. I've started in this ministry. I've started this relationship. And it looks like things are falling apart. You keep that hold. You keep a hold of hope in your heart. You may have a loved one. You may have them have a son or a daughter or someone who's in prison or might have went through a rough weekend. You might have got news you weren't expecting. But no matter what that news is, you keep holding on and believing God. Even for our nation, you may be saying, what's going to happen to our nation? I have a hope that a revival and a renewal is being stirred within our nation and that we're going to see people on fire for God, sold out to the glory of Jesus Christ. We're going to see lives change and we're going to see revival in this nation. No matter what the present circumstances are, we're going to see revival. Why? Because hope is my prisoner. I got a hope hidden in my heart that I'm not going to let go. I know Sister Judy's going to be running, and her lungs and heart is going to be working at 100% capacity. I don't hope in that just to hope in that. I have a hope in it because I know that she knows she believes the Word of God. So whatever you're believing God for, raise your hands and say, I have a hope, and I believe I'm going to see a restoration of the double, the double anointing in Jesus' name. It is mine, and I'm going to have it in the name of Jesus. Now give the Lord praise for it. Believe him for it. Go ahead and praise him and believe it for it. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for those who are at the point of just wanting to give up. I just give up. I quit. I'm tired. Lord, I pray right now that they that wait upon you shall renew their strength. And I pray the strength of the Almighty God in whatever areas, Lord that we will not slump or slumber, that what we believe in the Lord who raises the dead, who heals the sick and causes the lame to walk. You're the God who restores family, and our hope and our faith is in the God who cannot fail. So I pray right now, instead of a spirit of heaviness and an oppression and a desire to quit and give up, Lord, I pray for hope to become their prisoner in their heart that they shall see the things that they believed for because you spoke it in your word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You believe that? With us, just come forward. Let's get ready to receive this morning's offerings and tithe. And we just call you blessed and highly favored of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Glory. I tell you what, there's nothing wrong with being old school in a new school. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, that's what God has been doing. He's, as you know, we have seen over 60 people saved in just a little over four or five weeks. Glory be to God. It has been awesome what God has been doing. And you know, I want to encourage you because last week I had a few people say, Pastor, you preached hell and fire. You preached us into hell. Well, I just wanted to let you know, last week I just got you into purgatory. <laughs> Today we're going to back to heaven. Amen. But you know, that old time religion, what is awesome is that I know that many are in conflicts and many are through problems. And a lot of us, it's amazing the new ones who have come in and just brand new in the Lord and just learning new things. But isn't it awesome you come into a church like this, non-denomination? In other words, no barriers, no bars, no holds. You come into a place like this, and you've got somebody next to you, and they're hitting you in the rib because, you know, they're doing the sign of the cross, and they're worshiping God their way. And then you've got some old charismatic Pentecostal who's hitting you in the head and the eye because they're going like this, and they're worshiping God. How many charismatic Pentecostals do we have? Okay. How many Catholics do we have? Any ex-Catholics? Raise your hand real high. Come on. You're not in confession right now. Just raise it up. Okay. Now, so you got all this going on, and then you got your Baptist next to you. How many Baptists do we have in here, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the ones with the mean faces, raise your hand. No, no. <laughs> no, but God is doing something so awesome. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the pastor and the soap manufacturer who went for a walk downtown. And they were walking downtown, and the, soap, the uh, guy who owned the soap business looked at the pastor and said, uh, You're not doing your job very well, pastor. He says, Why not? He says, Well, wickedness is growing, and people are more and more wicked. You're not doing the job very well. And so they kept on walking. All of a sudden, he looked, and he saw this little baby playing in the mud, and it was just covered in mud. And he said... Well, Mr. Soap Manufacturer, you're not doing your job very well. He said, why not? He said, I see a bunch of dirty people walking around. He says, now, wait a minute, preacher. They can't get clean unless they apply the soap. Oh. So, in other words, they can't get clean unless they apply the gospel. So, aren't you glad that God is working through the Word and His promises and that He makes you clean by the washing and the water of His Word? You know, we were preaching that peace coming through repentance. And today we're going to talk about the identity that we get through that. You know, it's kind of like the old fellow that was asked to paint the church. And he said, you know what, I'm going to make some money off of this preacher and this church, so I'm going to add some thinner to the paint, and I'm going to paint the church and make some money, but uh, make a little extra by just watering it down. So he watered the paint down, and after he got through painting the church, the rain started raining, and the paint started running, and he fell on his face. He goes, my God, my God, why are you doing this to me? He says, repaint and thin no more. 
So anyway, if you want to... <laughs> so if you want peace in your life, it's repaint and thin no more. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if you, how many got the bulletin? If you didn't get the bulletin today, we wrote in there something that is absolutely awesome. It's called an official pardon. Because I don't ask you to raise your hands, but I know how many of us, and we do, ever fight with our past or wondering, am I really forgiven? How do I know that God has really forgiven me and has even forgotten what I've done in the past? And This is an official pardon, and I want you to take it, and I want you to write your name in it. And you know what? I want to encourage you. Write your name in red, because it's the blood of Jesus that speaks over you. And I want you to fill in the blanks and, and just keep this in your Bible. Whenever the enemy comes in and says, you're no good, just take it out and say, I want to read my full pardon. Whenever the enemy says, you're a sinner, you take this out and you read your full pardon. But I want you to hear where the root, where, where pardon came from. Under President Andrew Jackson's administration, a very strange thing happened. A railway mail clerk named George Wilson killed his co-worker and then tied himself up to make it look like a train robbery. However, during the routine questioning, a few flaws were found in his testimony, and he broke down and confessed, and he was sentenced to death. But friends of his started circulating petitions of mercy, and public opinion was so greatly aroused that the President Jackson granted a pardon. The worldwide news was made that the prisoner refused to accept the pardon. Not knowing what to do with the prisoner, the case finally went to the Supreme Court, and Justice John Marshall wrote in the decision... A pardon is a piece of paper, the value of which depends upon its acceptance by the person implicated. It is hardly to be supposed that one under the sentence of death would refuse to accept a pardon. But if he refused it, no pardon, George Wilson must hang, and he did. The same is true spiritually. You are a sinner under the sentence of death condemned to an eternal hell. So it is hardly to be supposed that one in his right mind would refuse a great pardon that Jesus shed his own precious blood on Calvary. But if we do refuse to pardon, there is no pardon. Are you thankful this morning that you are born again and saved? Give the Lord a hand and thank Him for it. Amen. In Psalm 17, 15, As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied. Somebody shout out, satisfied. satisfied. When I awaken your likeness. The Living Bible says, I will see you face to face and be satisfied. One of the things that uh, I wanted to share with you was last week, I talked about when the Lord looked upon Peter and Peter went out and wept bitterly. When Hezekiah was given the death sentence, he looked at the wall and wept bitterly and repented. And God said, I'll extend your life for another 15 years. There's just something about when we stand and we see Christ, there's something about being satisfied. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The word satisfied means joy and contentment that has no limit and has no, no end. If you want to write that down, the word joy, the word satisfaction, satisfaction in the presence of God means joy and contentment that has no end. It speaks about being in Christ and beholding His glory and being glorified by Christ. Today I want to talk to you, and if you take your notes, about being awakened to the person that who you're supposed to be. 
being awakened to your identity in Christ, that the breath of God will come and expose you. And I want to share with you, I want to touch on a certain person's life in the Bible, that the Lord hasn't come to expose your sin to destroy you. He's come to expose His righteousness, to expose Himself to you and to the world around you. Listen, God is not going around trying to poke and pry at your sins. He wants to put His hand of love where that malignant tumor is and show you that what can cause death can be removed so that His life can come on the inside of you. You know, we've seen over 20-something documented cases of pizza, people with cancer healed. And I got a call yesterday of a lady that I was asked to pray for. And I want to thank God for them. I know they're probably watching my internet because they've moved and we miss them very much. But she got diagnosed after already battling cancer years ago and going through surgeries and a lot of things. And they found something and they want to do some tests on her. So they called me and they said, please be praying. We're running tests this Wednesday. And so we, pray, we prayed Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And I got a call, uh, I believe it was yesterday or Friday. I got a call Friday. And the tests had already came back. And there is no cancer. Hallelujah. But they were so glad that, this, that what they thought might have been cancer was found at the early stages. Are you listening? That this cancer, if it was that, would be found at the early stages so they could go to work on it and they could expose it and they could kill it. That's what Jesus wants to do in our lives. He doesn't come to destroy and to kill you. He wants to expose what is killing you so that He can bring you to life. And I believe what we need at this hour more than anything it's not a quick type of repentance and Lord, I'm sorry and that's it. I told you that if Hezekiah would have repented like a number of us do, he probably would have died. But him and Peter and so many others, they wept, their heart broke. And God's not looking for the perfect plate. He's looking for the broken plate and I'll show you that in the Word. He's looking for the broken plate that he himself could put back together and get all the glory and all the praise. And so he wants to expose things in our life and bring us to a place where we give our heart to God. Now I want you to see in Luke chapter 3, verse 3, And he went into all the region round about Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain shall be brought low, every crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough, shall, rough ways smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. I want to talk to you today about a change of identity for your peace. And John talked about a baptism of repentance. And what a baptism speaks about is the word baptism means an identity change. A change of an identity, a change of mind. When we repent and when we're baptized in water, we're saying, I'm in a new association. You are saying, I am in a new relationship. When you get born again and you accept Christ and you've repented of your sins and you follow the Lord into the waters of baptism, you are saying, I'm in a relationship. I'm not in the old relationship that was bringing me to hell, but now I'm in a new relationship that's bringing me to heaven. Hallelujah. And you're speaking out loud and you're saying, I am not ashamed of Christ. And the word remission means to release the sin from the sinner. And it speaks of the freedom of its power, not necessarily its presence. 
when we're forgiven and we're redeemed from the sin, the presence of sin will still try to come around. We're not redeemed or delivered from the presence of sin, but from the power of sin. All those things that have been trying to hold us down and beat us down and hurt us and destroy us. Praise God where there's good news in the repentance of John when he was speaking about there's coming one after me who's mighty, who's going to baptize you not with water but with the fire of the Holy Spirit to go down on the inside of you and purify and purge and destroy everything that for generations have been just trying to destroy you and your family. Thank God the Son has come to set us free and free indeed. Amen. But there's something I want to tell you about. And the Bible talks about peace as our warning. He says, I've come to preach a baptism of repentance, a change of identity, a change of a mindset. And, and I want you to know something, that peace has been given to you and I as the light that we're doing things right. If peace disappears, listen to me very carefully here, if peace disappears, or if we're experiencing less peace in our life, God is trying to use that to reveal to us that we're in a wrong place at a wrong time with a wrong relationship and that it's not going to lead to anything right. When my wife and I were missionaries, we, had a, we, lived, we worked up in the mountains with the Mayans and we had a 1964 Ford van, column shift. And we'd come down the mountains and it was all rocky and everything. And one time we were coming down from the mountain and the brakes didn't work too good. And I hit a boulder because it would just rain a little bit and the boulders would go down into the road. And I hit a boulder and I hit right in the middle of my oil pan. And I saw the light come on, but I figured, well, you know, I saw the oil light come on. But I said, you know what, I'm just going to go on home anyway. And what happened, even though I took the pan off and I beat the dent out, it hit the oil pump and broke the oil pump, and therefore the oil wasn't flowing around in my engine. And even though that light told me, you got a problem in your oil system, it's not circulating the oil like it should, I ignored the warning light, drove my vehicle anyway, and guess what I ended up having to do? I ended up rebuilding the whole motor. If you're in a place where you feel an absence of peace, it's a warning that something may not be right in your life and you need to examine your heart and your life. A lot of times we pray for peace. Lord, I need your peace. I thank you for your peace. And what God has done is that you have distanced yourself from Him because of something that's displeasing to God and you feel the absence of peace because you feel the absence of the presence of the Lord. And the absence of peace is like that warning signal in your car that the radiator's hot. How many of you know if you don't stop and deal with it, you're going to end up uh, break, uh, uh, destroying the block on the motor and then you've got to start shaving the head and everything else. So there's warning signs. I like to say it for the younger generation like this. Some of y'all uh, spoke about my Facebook, about somebody I like, so I'm going to do it. Luke. There's a disturbance in the force. Luke, there's a disturbance in the force. Luke, I am your daddy. How many of you ever seen Star Wars? Huh? There's a disturbance in the force. Or in other words, something's out of whack here. Well, that's the perfect example that when we're not walking where we're supposed to walk with Jesus, there's a disturbance in the peace. And you go, you know what, I, I need to go to church more, I need to help the poor more. And you can try, and all those things are good. But if there's a lack of peace, the first place you need to go is, Lord, I ask you to go into the depths of my heart. Where have I failed you? 
for example. Right now, your family might be going through a strain. Why is mom acting like that? Why is dad acting like that? Why is there no peace in this house? Why, why is there anger? Why is there cruelty? Why are all of these things happening? Well, then that's a sign that there needs to be prayer and a seeking of what's going on in the home. What have we been allowing on TV? What have we been allowing in music? What have we been allowing in books? What have we been renting? What have we been doing? If there's an absence of peace, you'll see more and more frustration and anger, codependency. You'll start saying, what is happening in this house? I need to beat the kids more. It may not be the need of beating the kids. It may be the need of letting the Holy Spirit show us in our heart that, Daddy, you're the problem. Mama, you're the problem. You see, when you go to the Holy Spirit and you start saying, what is going on here? There must be something wrong. A lot of times, there's something wrong with the president. There's something wrong with the mayor. There's something wrong with the pastor. We need to be like that old song, Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother or my sister, but it's me. And so examining why do I feel that these things are, are happening in my life and consciousness, our consciousness is a part of the, uh, the lack of peace that my conscience is bothering me. But he said, he came preaching the baptism of repentance. Baptism is a personal decision. If you're taking notes, write that down. He came preaching a baptism of repentance. Baptism is a personal decision. You've got to make a decision whether you're going to live a life of repentance or not. You've got to make a decision of whether, Lord, I, re I accept that I have done this wrong. It's a personal decision. It means death to me to be raised up with Christ. It means I'm in a new relationship with the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It means that I am walking in a new way. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. And so when it says there that he says, I called you to make the crooked places straight, to fill up the valleys, to lower the mountains. I want to share this with you. What I was telling you about feeling the absence of peace, many times the mountains and the valleys and the crooked places in our life are the path we've chosen to walk in. He says, if you want peace in your life, you're going to have to make the crooked places straight. You're going to have to be exempt. You're going to have to stop walking with those people if you don't end up wanting to have the type of atmosphere they give and you want my atmosphere, you're going to have to exchange company. You're going to have to change association. I've got all the peace. My peace I give you. But it's not just about my peace. The problem is, are you willing to make the changes needed? Are you willing to make an inward change so that there be an outward expression? I want you as mine and I want to build you and I want to take you as my own. He said in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, he said, therefore, whosoever confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father who is in heaven. But he who denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father. Listen, he is not ashamed to be identified with you. But the question is, are you ashamed of being identified with him? One of the reasons I may not have peace in my life is because I'd rather be identified with this group than to be identified with the lifestyle he chose for me. I'd rather go to these places and feel my fun than sacrifice and feel alone. But he says, you're not alone. It's in those places that I'm always with you. Who are we willing to identify with? What areas are we willing to work in? The, uh, baptism means under new management. Raised to complete his purpose. Raised to reflect his glory. Raised to give him delight. 
Raised to be like Him. Raised to be positioned like Him. You know, they say all the time about business, location, location, location. How many have heard about that? Well, that's what I want to tell you about your perfect peace. It's the location. It's you being located. In Him we live. In Him we move. And in Him we have our being. It's about being in Christ and following Christ in all of these areas of our life. Amen. Now, I want to show you John chapter 4 here. Very familiar story. The woman of Samaria. How many of you know her? The woman of Samaria. It says, The woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me drink, for his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. You know, all through the Bible, they were called dogs because the, it, the Samaritans were the Jews who intermarried with the Gentiles, which was against the law. So they were half Jew and they were half pagan. Many times they would worship God, but yet they would worship other gods. And they were quickly to follow after the families and the things they were doing. And Jacob's well was about the deepest well in its times, about 105 feet deep. As she looked at Jesus, she was saying, you know, you have, she was looking in the natural. You don't have any way of drawing water from that well. You know, how are you going to draw if you don't have anything to draw from and Jesus was trying to get her attention that is not what you have but it's what I have now there's something I want you to see about the woman in Samaritan it, it in verse 10 and 26 I don't know if I have it up here but in verse 10 26 I'm just going to kind of review this with you right quick and, and I want you to see something here this woman was a Samaritan woman she was talking to Jesus and all of a sudden, she started talking smack. She started saying, well, who do you say we're supposed to worship? Where do you say we're supposed to worship? And she started asking all of these questions. And this is what I want to show you. A lot of times people say, you know what? Those people, they just start getting in my nerves. I start telling them about Jesus. And they start cussing me out. Or they want to walk away from me. They want to tell me these things. Or leave me. Listen, when a person doesn't have the peace of Christ, they're going to speak things contrary to what you are feeling in your heart. When someone is living a life that's not pleasing to God, they're not going to have peace, so you can't expect them. Listen, Christians, listen. You can't expect someone who doesn't have peace in their life to be able to have a peaceful conversation with you. This woman wanted to start arguing. And you know what? She wanted to start arguing. Listen to this, because this is important for our area. She wanted to start arguing the mixture of religion. She says, the Jews say we worship here, but our fathers say we worship here. It's amazing that when you find someone who doesn't have the peace of God ruling their heart and mind, it's so easy to start trying to sound religious and start bringing things up that has nothing to do with their heart because they want to put the tension on, on what we can fight about and argue about instead of what we can come in agreement with. And if we're going to reach out to the world at this time that we live in, we've got to understand there are going to be those. They're not going to be in agreement with you. They're not going to want to hear what you have to say. So they're going to start speaking, speaking smack. They're going to start wanting to argue with you. They're going to want to start fighting with you. They're going to start telling you, yeah, but I know you believe this. Listen, it's not about what I believe right now. It's about the condition of your heart. Because you see, Jesus says, I've got to go by way of Samaria. Why? The Jews couldn't understand. The disciples said, why do you want to go to Samaria? Because there's a lady there who needs me. There's a lady there who's lost. The church has rejected her, but yet she still can talk church talk. 
The people have rejected her, but she still can talk church talk. And she can still go around and the people will mock her. She's been mocked. She's hurt. She's wounded. She's living in pain. She doesn't know what to do. But it, Jesus says, I've got to go speak to her. I've got to go tell her about my love. I've got to tell her about what I've done for her. And in verse 28, it says... I don't have it on here. On verse 28, just write this down. Verse 28 says, She left her jar. Write this down. She was willing to leave what she thought was necessary. She, was, she says, You can't draw water out of this well unless you have an instrument to draw water out of. She thought she needed the natural water when Jesus was saying, What you need is not the natural water. You need the living water. And I'm the living water. And that's what I came to supply. You've got to understand that Jesus wants to fulfill those deepest places in your heart he wants to heal those hurts in your heart but you've got to stop relying on what you think is necessary and totally get dependent upon Jesus she left her jar because she went to tell the people in town who had mocked her hey I found everything I need in Jesus and you know when she was talking smack when she was talking all this talk and she was saying yeah but how about this or how about that or you know when the Messiah comes and Jesus says I'm the Messiah and then all of a sudden Jesus took the attention and said go get your husband we're going to stop all this arguing right now go get your husband and she said I've had five husbands he says okay now we're going to talk about we're going to let the smack go we're going to start talking about the shacking up You've been through five husbands, therefore you've been through five hurts and five pains, and now the man you're living with is not your husband. You find that a relation, the jar was necessary, the man is necessary, the natural relationship is necessary, the worshiping on the right mountain is necessary. You're always looking, sister, you're always looking for the right thing to fulfill your life and give you peace. And all of it ends up the same way it's always ended up. You've got to quit doing it your way and repent and start doing it mine. You keep trying to find what you're looking for in a man and it just opens the door for more men that never satisfy. And finally you give up on marriage and you say, I'm just going to live together because it's all going to end up the same way anyway. I'll try this new job and I'll try this relationship and I'll try doing this. I'll try something I haven't tried before. I'll keep trying the same thing I've been trying all of my life and keep on getting the same results and you go to bed at night and you're having to take pain pills and you're having to take over-the-counter things and you're having to take things to help you go to sleep because there is no peace. But Jesus is here today saying what you used to think was necessary is not as necessary as you think it is. What is necessary is what I'm offering you and I'm offering offering you me I'm offering you my blood I'm offering you a new beginning I'm offering you life I'm offering you real peace peace that doesn't come by the natural but peace by that comes by a deeper relationship with me but to get into that area you're going to have to be willing to say thou sayest the truth I am living in that relationship I am speaking that. I am doing that. I am in a relationship I'm not supposed to be in. And it's, it's Jesus that's coming to you now. You've got to leave what you've always thought was necessary. Because later on they came up to Jesus and they said, Jesus, aren't you hungry? He says, I'm not hungry. I learned through the temptations with the enemy that my meat is to do the will of the Father. 
I learned through my relationship that what you call necessary and needy is not necessary and needy. It's meeting the needs of the lives of others. My meat is to do the will of the Father. I shared Wednesday night that uh, during the Olympics, many of you saw Michael Phelps as he was winning all of them gold uh, 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 medallions and those gold uh, 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 medals that he was winning. And everybody was all excited. And boy, you could just feel the atmosphere. Everybody was excited. America was winning those gold medals. He was breaking all those things uh, and records. And you know he was excited about it. But listen, Jesus was saying, my gold medal is to reach the woman at Samaria. My gold medal is to reach the lives of those who don't know Christ and those who are lost and dying without me. My heart is to reach those who feel like there is no hope and no peace at all in my life. My hope is to reach that young man who is battling right now in his identity and is trying to get his identity through relationships or through different types of sin and different types of addiction. My will is to reach that young lady who's cutting herself and who's broken right now, who's been abused by her dad or her uncle or grandfather. I'm reaching out to that woman who's been married once or twice and been hurt and been devastated I'm reaching for that one who's saying I hope they don't point to my sin I hope they don't point to me I hope they don't show what I'm going through I hope they don't look at me and condemn me I hope they don't hurt me I just feel like I'm open but Jesus is saying I'm not trying to pick at the wound I'm trying to uncover it so that I can heal it and I can deal with it what repentance is all about is going ahead and being totally honest and open and transparent with the King of Kings and saying you know the truth about me I open my heart I open my life I'm not going to try to make excuses for the way I'm living I'm not going to try to make excuses why I've had all of these men and all of this past I come before you right now I am guilty I plead guilty but I fall upon the court of mercy and I ask you to have mercy upon me for my sin amen she left those things because it was necessary her imperfect lifestyle was not an excuse why she can't, but it's proof of the power of God to change our lives. Listen, you may be living a certain way, or you may know somebody you're praying for who's living a certain way, and you may go, you know, my life is a wreck, my life is a mess, what can I do with my life? Look, your life is a candidate to be changed so that God can get the glory for the change in your life. What I wanted to do this morning, I couldn't, they don't sell ceramic plates one at a time anymore. It's all plastic, so I knew if I threw a plastic plate on it, it just bounced back up. But what I wanted to do, I wanted to have a plate with a smiley face on it and say, this is what we all want to look like. But then I wanted to throw it down, so you just follow me. I wanted to throw it down and pick up pieces and say, this is what God is looking for. The broken in heart, he will not despise. Amen. He will not despise those who are broken. I want you to see this. Psalms 51, 8. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Verse 17. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh, God. That is what God is looking for, church. He's not looking for our perfection He's looking for our brokenness. What we're going to see in America is a revival, but a revival through brokenness. About, Lord, I come before you, not pleading my case, but pleading the power of your blood and the power of your spirit and the power of that baptism of your spirit to change my, transform my spirit and transform my mind. Listen, for too long, we've been getting away with everything. 
the church has been getting away with breaking the commandments of God. The church has been getting away through the grace and the mercy of God. We have been getting away with the lies, with the manipulation, with the sin, the hidden sin. We have been getting away with it. And what I have been preaching and what's in my heart is I do not want to be a son of God who just gets away with something. I want to get it away, give it away, and get free from it. I don't want to be a burning branch rescued with the smell of it. I don't want to act holy in church, but yet I live like a heathen at the workplace of the world. I don't want to see what I can get away with. I want to get it away and live for the glory of Christ so that I can go and say, come on, come see, I have found the Messiah. I have found the one who knows everything about me. And you know what? I am glad that He knows everything about me so that I don't have to hide it anymore. If I want real peace, it's because I've come to the place I'm not hiding my sin anymore. I'm bringing it out. I'm spilling it out. I'm opening my heart. I'm saying, my God, my God, have mercy upon me. I'm not asking for mercy and grace to get away with things. I'm asking for mercy and grace to give me the strength to get out of these things. I want them out of me so that I can be a vessel pleasing unto God. The Bible says time and time again. In Psalms 106, verse 6 and 7. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand. They did not understand your wonders. They did not remember... The multitude of your mercies. They rebelled by the sea. He rebuked the Red Sea. He, he dried it up. He led them through the depths and through the wilderness. He saved them from the hand of him who hated him. And redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Listen, he's talking about the Israelites here. God redeemed them. He saved them. He continued doing wonders and miracles. But yet all of them people, they all still died in the desert. Even though he did all that for him. I am not and you are not going to be a son and daughter of God. Who's going to end up dying because we've seen his hand but we haven't changed we're going to be like those who've decided I want to be like Joshua and Caleb I want to have a different spirit I'm not going to die because I want the sin I'm going to die to myself to express that God has taken over me I am His and He is mine Amen that's what I want now listen to this listen how the word how merciful our God is in Psalms 106 I just want to read these things to you they soon forgot his works. Lord, I'm guilty of that. I say, you don't ever do anything for me, but yet you have done so much. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. They lusted exceedingly. They tested God in the desert. They envied Moses. They made a calf and worshipped it. They changed their glory and became like beasts. They forgot 
They forgot God, their Savior. They despised the pleasant land. They believed not His word. They murmured. They hearkened not to God. They worshipped Baal. They ate sacrifices of the dead. They provoked God to anger. They angered Him also. They provoked Moses. They did not destroy the nations as commanded. They intermarried against God's will. They learned the sins of the nations. They served idols. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to demons. They shed the innocent blood, even their children's. They polluted the land. They were defiled. They played the harlot. And they provoked God. It goes on to say in 1 Samuel 18, the people refused to obey. 1 Kings 22, 43. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away. For the people offered up burnt incense yet in the high places. 2 Kings 13, 6. Nevertheless, they departed not from the sins of the house of Jeroboam. 2 Chronicles 33, 17. Nevertheless, the people did sacrifice still in the high places Nehemiah 26 they testified and they wrought great provocations Nehemiah 13 26 but nevertheless Solomon did outlandish things because of the sin of the women Psalm 78 36 nevertheless they did flatter God with their mouth and they lied to him with their tongues time and time again they lied they manipulated they denied his power they denied his word but listen to me it goes on and says in verse 8 of Psalms 1 over the 6 nevertheless he saved them nevertheless he saved them nevertheless he redeemed them he called them out he purchased them he loved him he blessed him and listen for a long time here in America he has blessed us regardless of the killing of over a million innocent babies because we have decided to live in adultery and fornication and the lust of our flesh and because we have let loose with the desires of our heart and we have time and time and time again committed the sins of the forefathers we have committed the sins of the ancestors we have taken God and we spat in his face and we played the religious circle instead of being true and transparent with our hearts and minds and God still forgave us but I want to see the day I want today to be the day my God my God I repent for I have sinned and I have done wrong and wickedly and I have broke the laws of your word he kept forgiving and kept forgiving and, and they ended up dead Without the promise. I don't want to just keep being forgiven. And die. Without completing God's will for me. Church we've got to get back to that old time religion. We've got to get back to the truth of the word of God. And get out of this mindset. To where we could just play the game. And do anything we want to. And we'll get away with it. But that will only be for a season. And during the season, there will be no peace. There will be no peace. Your conscience will bother you. Your personality will get warped. Your feelings will get wounded. And you're in the edge of going to the end and falling off and not knowing if you can ever recuperate again. John came preaching the baptism of repentance. Or in other words, I've changed. I'm different. Going into the baptism isn't going to change you. Coming up and shaking my hand 
is not going to change you. What's going to change you is true heartfelt repentance that I have been living in rebellion. I am a sinner. I, I need salvation. I need deliverance. I need freedom. And I need cleansing. Because I have found the one who sees everything. I have found the one who knows everything. And I cannot hide it from him anymore. Church, we've got to get real. On the internet. This is not a typical internet message. In churches today, this is not what sells and this is not what builds the church. But Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. Some people call it old-fashioned. Some people call it the message that was for the past and not for us. But it is the message till Jesus comes back. None of us are exempt from standing before God on the day of judgment. And the question today is not to expose your sin. The question today, are you ready to open it for Him to deal with? with it and help you see it for what it is and take out the malignant tumor take out them cancerous cells and allow his word and his blood and his spirit to go as chemo in your body and start working against themselves and working against those small little things that are in your life that are interfering with you having a future. It is all about the spirit of God moving. It is the day of reckoning, of opening our hearts and letting the spirit of God go into those places where we are hiding. And as Achan had caused the destruction to come upon his home because of the thing he had hid within the floor of his house. What is in my home that needs to be destroyed? What is in my heart that needs to be destroyed? What is in my life that needs to be destroyed? What is in my daily practice that needs to be destroyed? What is in my attitude that needs to be dealt with? What is wrong with me, Jesus, for me to come in your image? This is the message God is putting on my heart. This is the word that is God is giving me that this is a message for the church. Not how we're going to get out of this stuff, but the importance of getting out of it and staying free. Not of how we're going to end up getting a new house and a new car and all this other stuff and all the power and the glory of God. No, it's about getting real with God and having a real relationship. He says, if you seek first my kingdom, all these things will be added to me. And we've been trying to get the rules and the regulations of getting everything without getting involved with God in our life. But all them things will burn up and pass away. What's important is our personal relationship with Jesus. What's important is how my heart is with God. That's what's important today, church. That is where we've got to break before God. That's where we've got to yield before God. That's where we've got to stop playing church and Christianity. It's time to get real before God and ask God to do a work in our hearts and our lives. We don't want to see any more church splits. We don't want to see any more church fights. We don't want to see any more men of God fall into sin. We don't want to see any more pride. We don't want to see any more arrogancy. We don't want to see any more hate. We don't want to see any more... Wrong dispositions. We want to see Jesus exposed to the world. And that the world can know He is alive. He is loving. He is merciful. He is kind. He is true. He is real. That's what we want to express to the world. I ask you to stand upon your feet, please. And bow your head. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit.
this morning. Ask Him to reveal anything in your life. Just be totally transparent because He knows it all anyway. And today is a day to surrender it to Jesus. To get rid of it. To remove the roadblocks and the hindrances that's been causing you to trip over and over again. Today is the day to renounce the power of sin. To renounce addictions. To renounce the lies of the enemy. Today is a day that the word of truth will come in like a double-edged sword and divide asunder what I've been living according to the word or what I've been living according to the flesh. Lord, we open our hearts and our lives before you. We desire a move and we desire a quakening before us. We ask you, as you said in your word, you would shake everything that can be shaken. And Lord, here I am before you. That you shake, Lord God. Shake in our lives. Shake in our belief system. Shake in our tradition. Shake in whatever we're holding on to that can be shaken. Shake it until there's nothing left but you. We desire a move of the Holy Spirit in our church and in our lives. We desire to continue seeing lives changed and saved and transformed. But Lord, we want to be saved. We want to be delivered. We ask you to make us whole in our minds, our spirit, and our souls. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our iniquities and the wrongs we have done. Forgive us of our envies and our jealousies and our pride. Forgive us for not yielding. Forgive us for growing cold and hard at even the simple things that you've given us and you've spoken to us. Lord, I pray right now as we humble ourselves before you. And we cry out to have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. And for the areas we're struggling in, we cry out for grace. Your strength that was able, is able to help us walk and conquer and destroy the things of the enemy. Lord, we ask you to bless your church. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one's looking around. Before we close today, the important thing is, the question the Lord would have you to answer today, whoever you are, whether you're visiting, here for the first time and you've been coming. The most important question is about your life. Not about the people next to you. I'm asking you about you. How is your life right now before God? What is the condition of your heart? Where are you going to spend eternity? What is the condition of your soul? Right now in this place, it's not about anybody but you. And Jesus is looking at you. And He's wanting to save you. And He's wanting to help you. And He's wanting to deliver you. But you've got to deliver and give your life to Him. If you're here today and you say, I know there's areas in my life where I need help. I need to give my life over to God. I need forgiveness of sins. I've been living in rebellion. There's areas of my life I know that's not pleasing Him and I need Him to forgive me and I need deliverance now. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Anyone at all? Raise your hand real high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Raise it up real high and leave it up. Just leave it up real high. God bless you there. God bless you. Leave it up real high. Leave it up real high. Jesus, you know my heart. I need your help. God bless you.
Yes. Save me. God bless you. I see that hand. Save me and deliver me. I see your hand, sis. God bless you. You may be here and you've never received them in your heart before. And today is your day to accept them and receive you in your heart. If that's you, I, he says, if you're not ashamed of me, I won't be ashamed of you before my Father. If that's you, I want you to come up here. Everyone that raised their hand, I want you to come up here right now. And I want you to come give it to the Lord. I want you to come give your life to Jesus. And I want you to come rededicate your life to Him. Come up here right now. There were hands everywhere. Come up right now and rededicate your life to Him today. Come give your life to Him right now. Come on up. Come on up. There was hands in every area of this room. Come up. Come up. Don't be ashamed. Christians, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. No one looking around. This is between them and God. They're coming to be open and transparent before God. We do not judge no one. We do not judge no one. We don't even want to know what's wrong. God knows what's wrong and God wants to deal with it. We just want to stand with them and we want to believe with them. If, if you raised your hand, come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come and let God give you the strength right now to deal with whatever's tearing you up. Whatever's tearing you up on the inside. Whatever's still in your peace and your joy. Come up. Come up. Come up right now. Come up right now. And give it to the Lord right here at the altar. The old, old time religion was about coming to the altar and laying it before God and giving it to God. Come up. Whoever you are right now. Christians, be praying. Be praying. Be praying. Be praying. This is a time of salvation. This is a time of importation. This is a time for the Holy Spirit to expose what needs to be exposed so that He can deal with it and crucify it out of our life. Anyone Come, come now, come and stand by here. Come, 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 come. Even though you've known him, even though you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, we know you're saved, but you know there's areas of your life you need freedom. Come up here right now, just come and just come and get freedom right now. Come, come. Don't live with that guilt, don't live with the conflict, don't live with the condemnation anymore. Christians, pray, pray. Close your eyes and pray, pray. Pray for these people. These are our dear brothers and sisters. These are mothers and fathers, sons and daughters who are struggling with areas in their life. Come, 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 come. Christians, be praying, be praying for our brothers and sisters up here. Be praying for their deliverance. Be praying for their freedom. Be praying for their peace. Be praying and intercede. Intercede on behalf of these that are loved by God. And if you're still here and you haven't come up front, come on, come on. Come right now. Come get it right with God. Come get it right with God right now. Come get your life right with God right now. Don't put it off. Don't say, I'll do it at the house. I'll do it when by, by myself. No. Come publicly to the baptism of repentance and have an exchange of association and get a breakthrough in the areas of your life. Come now. Anyone else? Come. Come. Come, believers, pray. Pray for these brothers and sisters. Pray. Jesus. Be praying. Be praying. We're not going to dismiss until we know it's done. God bless you. God bless you, dear. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We humble ourselves before God right now. By coming up here, you are humbling yourself before the Almighty God and saying, Lord, I surrender to you. On that broken plate. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, young men. Glory to God. God bless you. God bless you. You're humbling yourself right now saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my all to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you, mother and daughter. God bless you. God bless you, Christians. Be praying as we come and we surrender this morning.
I want some believers to come and stand behind these. Believers, come stand behind our brothers and our sisters and start praying for them. They came up here because their struggles and their hurts and their pains and they're crying out for peace. Oh, oh, come up, come up. Come and lay hands on them. Come love on them. Come stand in the gap for them. All over this place, let's raise up our hands. Let's raise our hands towards our brothers and our sisters. And let's intercede for their souls. Let's intercede for their marriages. Let's intercede for their lives. Let's intercede for their minds and their bodies. Families, families, families. 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 Don't even think about eating right now. Jesus said it's not important what you think is important. Give it all up right now. There are people here in need right now. They're in need. They need, they need your prayer and your love and your support. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we call upon you. Lord, we come and we pray for the mercy and the grace and the power of God through Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray for our brothers and our sisters. Lord, we take our authority and our dominion in Christ Jesus. And we come against the chains and the bondages and the addictions and the sins that are trying to hold your people back from fully following you. And Lord, we come today as your church and we repent. We are sorry for our sins. We are sorry for being entangled with the wrong crowd, with the wrong things and the addictions and the pure pressure of our minds and our hearts. Purify our hearts, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within us today. Lord, I pray for each and every one here. I'm going to ask you right now just to strengthen them. And Lord, reveal your grace and your mercy and your love. Your love. Your love. Your love. Beside ourselves, you still love us. Even though we've done so many things, you still love us. And Lord, we're here today because you care for us. So I want you all to put your hand upon your heart. Put your hand upon your heart. And pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son... Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice for all my sins. He identified with my sin on the cross. And now I identify with Him through the new birth. I thank you, Father, for washing me in the blood of Jesus. I thank you for coming into my heart. And to be my Lord and my Savior. I thank you that today I am born again. I am your son and I am your daughter. And I thank you that my name is in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on and praise Him. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord.
Listen, every one of you, make sure you get the official pardon. Because you're forgiven. You are loved. And He's putting you on the right track. Don't give up. And don't quit. Hold on to that hope and know that Jesus is working in your lives. Before you leave, I want to remind you, Sunday nights, we're speaking on the second coming of Christ. And tonight, we'll be speaking about the times, the signs of the time. Six o'clock, so I want to encourage you to come. We love you. Thank you for coming to worship with us. Thank you for receiving the word of the Spirit that transformed lives. And we love you. Brother David, would you dismiss us, please, sir?